Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. We are gonna close out our series on Good News is Coming. And, and we pray, you know, we know it's one of the shorter ones that we've done, but I, I think it's pertinent for us to um, exit this year and this season that we're in right now on a positive note and in really considering the real reason for hopefulness, the real reasons to why we are not going to be encumbered and entangled by the cares of this life, the real reason behind our ability to have peace when we look at the news and we look outside and, we, and we're trapped in our houses and people are losing jobs and all this kind of stuff is happening that being able to find the hope, being able to see God in it, being able to know that this world is not our home at the end of the day, and, and to be able to appreciate the love of God through Christ is going to be paramount to us being able to have any kind of reconcilable peace in the coming season. And I hope that we didn't miss it. I hope, it's, I hope we didn't miss the fact that, you know, um, good news is coming is not necessarily us anticipating something physical first, right? Not necessarily anticipating something like a new house or, you know, that may come, you know. But if our expectation is tied to physical things, that's not really where God wants us to be because things come and go. Things happen. You can lose physical things, you know. Um, so our hope has to be in Christ. It has to be in the intangibilities, in those things that, are, that your eyes can't see. So that, that will help you to get through the things that your eyes do see that make you want to quit. I can't tell you how many times that I have come to a crossroads, but Lord, man, this is too much. God, man, this is, this is too much. You expected stuff to happen. You prayed about stuff. You were hoping for stuff. You know how when we get excited because the payday's coming, you know, you know, when that Friday come, you know, it's two weeks, it's been a very tough week and stuff. And you're like, man, that, that check is coming. And you get that excitement Wednesday, right? Because you know, it's work that week before the payday come, that's an exciting week for us. And a lot of times we can treat our life that way. Like, because we anticipate things changing and we anticipate things happening, you know, we, we go through these cycles of, of, of highs and lows and highs and lows and highs and lows and highs and lows. So it's very easy to get distracted by the roller coaster of life. So there's got to be a way that we have a prevailing peace, that we have a prevailing hope, and that the only way to do that and to have that consistency emotionally and that consistency in our level of peace is we have to put some respect on Christ. We have to make him more preeminent in our lives. We have to appreciate the fact that good news came. And now calling good what God calls good. Seeing that word, seeing anticipation, seeing hope from God's perspective, and that God is dealing with us from an eternal perspective, and we ought to seek to adopt that eternal perspective so that no matter what I'm going through right now, it doesn't matter, there's always good on the horizon. That is not easy to do because life gets real. Problems happen. Random stuff happens. Things happen. But God is really trying to get us stronger on the inside. And our strength on the inside comes from first us recognizing our own weaknesses, recognizing our own frailties, not getting in God's way, not allowing ourselves to play God, but humbling ourselves before God constantly, 
not leaning to our own understanding constantly, putting ourselves in a posture of servitude constantly so that God can really prove himself to us and through us to this world. This series is about hope and how hopefulness can only come through the finished work of Christ. This series is about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And in that good news, we can kind of see, we went to Genesis and we went through the whole creation story to really understand when God calls something good, that good is the final definition of what God has done from an eternal perspective. So when we see something that's good, we're seeing it good from our own frail present tense, right? But when God calls something good, he's already seen the finished product. The seed is already in it to produce. So when God made the tree, he said it was good because he knew more trees were coming. He knew that the trees were going to help us to be able to produce some amazing furniture and all this other stuff and building skyscrapers and all that because of the trees that he made. The seeds for a potential future were in the very beginning of what he made. You're the same way. When God created you, he called you good. He said you were good. And that's not necessarily a behavior thing. This ain't about, oh, you've been a good boy. You're not on naughty lists or not. It's not about that. God is talking about what you can become based on what he created you to be in eternity. The thing that keeps us from reaching that is going to be our willingness to humble ourselves before God, our willingness to surrender our will to God and allow those who he has called us to bless to experience God through us so that we can be an active participant in what God is doing. So this whole idea of good and evil, we kind of wrestled with last time, and that is really possible to expect good from evil because evil and good are not polar equals. Good is always going to trump evil. Good is always going to triumph over evil. That's how God designed it. So you may be going through a hard time right now. You may be going through a season in your life where, you know, things ain't right. You're going through a storm. You're going through all this other stuff. Um, but at the same time, whatever that, uh, situation is. God has pre-designed good to come out of it. It's supposed to work in your favor for good. And we have to really believe that. We have to believe that. Because if we believe that, then we'll be able to give that. So today, you know, to close out this series, I thought it would be good for us to talk about uh, being the bearers of good news, right? In order for us to expect good news from heaven, there had to be a messenger. In order for us to understand God's heart towards us, somebody had to tell us. Somebody had to show us. Good news breeds hope. When someone has something positive to say, when someone can show you a different way of seeing a difficult situation, that breeds hope. That breeds positivity. That breeds, it's, it's a miraculous thing that happens on the inside of us. And I remember, you know, just years ago, and I think we might have talked about this, you know, I don't know if we talked about it before, about, um, you know, that experiment with the water and, you know, speaking positively over the water. Remember that I thing? Think we, we didn't talk about it here. Oh, we okay. Talked, but, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there was, there was a, I, I had seen a video um, a while back of a scientist, I believe he was a Japanese scientist, and he did this experiment where he spoke different things to different um, uh, specimens of water, I mm -hmm. guess you could say. And he froze them, and under a microscope, you were able to see how, depending on the words spoken over each 
specimen, the, the ice crystals sort of crystallized into either beautiful patterns of, of symmetrical crystals or this really weird, distorted, mm-hmm. um, sort of just weird looking, you know, crystallized formations. And it was based off what was spoken. So, so, uh, words of affirmation or words of, of gratefulness, um, words of um, uh, positivity, when, when those were spoken versus negative words like, you know, you, you're worth nothing and mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to ever be anything. Mm-hmm. Ver- the, the positive words versus the negative words, there was a visible difference in the formation of the crystals. And then the video went on to say how we are made mostly of water. Mm-hmm. So imagine what it's doing to our body when we're either receiving negative words mm-hmm. or even negative thoughts, or we're speaking them over ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, we're, we're guilty of doing it ourselves. Nobody's yeah. even saying it. We're the ones that are, you know, speaking those negative words, you know, that don't line up with what God has said about us. So what God says in his word. So even in that, you know, looking at our world today, and looking at, and not even your world, looking at your own neighborhood, looking at the people who are maybe in a five-door radius from you. And if you were able to take a barometer of their concept of life, their outlook on the future, what they're expecting, you know, how they feel about God, how they feel about God's involvement in their life, how they feel God feels about them. Do they even care about God? Do they even know that God is pursuing them? Like all these things are so powerful and so important for us to take into consideration. And the only way that we can really do that is for us to really understand the reality of God's involvement in our lives. And we say this all the time. The one thing to respect about God the most is the fact that he is the most secure being in himself and that he doesn't need you to be his friend, to be kind to you. He doesn't need you to love him, to be good to you. It's his goodness and your recognition of it one day. Like, oh man, hold on. Wait, God's been good to me that whole time? That causes you to change your life. It's not his punishment that draws us. It's his kindness. It's like, you don't deserve this. And I'm not even going to throw this in your face. I'm not even going to throw this in your face that you've disrespected me all your whole life or whatever. You disregard me. I'm, I'm going to just love you until one day you realize how much I have loved you. And that love, I'm so confident in my love for this world that I know it's going to transform you if the right situation hits your life and your will collides with my love. Your recognition collides with my love. You'll be able to see that. So in light of this series, Good News is Coming, and really being a proponent of good news, I think we should focus on Luke, the second chapter, verses 10 through 15. So we'll meditate on those for the next 15 minutes or so and really go through what the Lord is leading us to pull out of it to make ourselves more prepared and ready for what he wants to do through us in the coming year. Starting at verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You may be wondering, like, okay, well, what what does this text have to do 
you know, with being a vessel or carrier of good news. And I think we got we got to first understand that this scripture kind of gives us a few pointers that we can pull out to kind of help us in, in our in our own walk. The, the first verse comes in and says, the angel said to them, fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, I can't stress this enough how powerful this verse is. Right. Because if we think about this and in this season, how relevant this is. Whenever God comes with a message, it doesn't necessarily match up with what your present circumstance is. He tells you not to fear. What heaven is doing right here is heaven is really saying, you know, fear not, because I'm bringing you good news from an eternal dimension. Right. I'm bringing you good news from a place where what you're seeing right now is not really as significant as where you're going. And we have to keep that in the forefront of our mind. Like, you know, fear not. I'm going to bring you I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy which is not just for you, but it will be for all people. I think the second thing we can pull from this is it's not just about us. That this joy, that this message, this gospel is not just for us to hoard and to just, just enjoy the benefits of it. Because you look at it kind of like, you know, how the manna thing in the Exodus, right? It's like God blesses you with something. And because you haven't had something in a while, you hoard. So now you keep it to yourself and it gets rotten in your possession. So now you can't even enjoy what you worked so hard to save. Why? Because God created you to be a funnel. He didn't create us to be a storage bin. He created us to be a faucet of blessing. So that as God pours into us, he shows that he can trust us with what he's given us. He's going to allow hope to flow through us and not get dried up in us. And I think that this, 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 this is a deep calling here that, you know, this, this is the most pivotal point in history when Christ was born. And that God injects a seed in the midst of darkness that would be the savior of this world. Yeah. I, and I just wanted to add to that because I think oftentimes as human beings, like I, I've said previous times, there is that need, that that feeling of what about me? Like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm giving out to other people. What about me? But the thought just came to mind when, when you are a channel, whether it's a funnel, whether it's a faucet, whatever it is that is being poured through something, it may, the large majority of what you're, what is being poured through, you may not be uh, retained, but mm -hmm. as long as you are that channel, you'll never be without contact mm. to whatever you're, mm -hmm. is being funneled through you. That's good, yeah. So a faucet will always be wet mm -hmm. and will always have the contact of the water because it's always flowing through them. Mm. So you're always getting something, even if it's not, what you think you know you should be getting or what you know you would be looking for as long as you're you're continuing to be that channel or that funnel you'll never be without what's Amen. being funneled through you because it'll always be a point you'll always be a point of contact for it mm -hmm. yeah so that's just an encouragement to yeah, keep that's good. doing it because you know oftentimes we'll be like oh i don't, well, I, i'm not getting it you know and and there's that need to want to hoard yeah what you do get because you feel like I'm not going to get it again, or I, I have to give it out to someone else and I am in need myself. Mm -hmm. But if you allow yourself to continue to be that funnel, you'll never, essentially, you'll never be without. You never run dry. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> now, translating that into our everyday life, that's the work of believing. And that's what we have to choose to do. See, it's nice to say that. It sounds great, right? right? But, you know, it's like seeing everybody else get benefiting, filling up their glasses with what comes through you. It passes through you, but it fills their glass. You got to <laughs> deal with that. 
right? <laughs> you got to deal with that. And at the end of the day, ma making that switch in your mind and in your heart to saying, you know what? My purpose is being fulfilled and allowing God to bless you because your purpose is a faucet, not a glass. Mm. So verse 11, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. Now that, that is, to me, that's crazy, right? And I have to, I have to kind of park there because a lot of times it's difficult. I think one of the most difficult and draining things that, that kind of steal our hope is the fact that we keep feeling like we're getting seeds. Like we feel like we're getting seeds and not the real thing. Mm -hmm. Like you look at your life and then many of us and some of us who grew up in church and you know, um, one of the things that we had to wrestle with and overcome in, in, in growing up in church and all that is, is this, this, this underlying entitlement that makes you feel like because you did this and because you gave your life to the Lord, now all of a sudden your life should be a certain way. And instead of going through the normal uh, position of getting seeds, you should be getting trees. Like, no, 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 I'm past the seed stage. I should be getting tree, full-grown trees that have all the fruit on them because of everything that I've done. Or it should take, it shouldn't take as long for the tree to grow. Right, but why is, <laughs> why, why, why is it, but because, because of what I've done. And if we're not careful in our own lives, it's very easy to get into a religious mindset and a mindset of entitlement to the point that it disgusts the giver. Now, now think about this, right? And I'm gonna use this real life example. Thank God for our little baby. Yeah, and we love her and she's precious. I gotta use an example because it's kind of like this, right? Anybody understands, and I think all of us who have kids can understand that sometimes our children do not understand the magnitude of what it costs to give them what they want. And you've had a season where your kid didn't really understand, like they just said, okay, you're my parents. Click my heels twice and there goes everything I want. Three times, sorry. But, but we can all relate to that. And how does that make you feel as a parent when you know, okay, you know what? It's a choice. I hear you. I see you waving your hands. Two hands. That's right. That's right. You know the sacrifice that you made because at the end of the day, the kid didn't do everything you told him to do. They did things that they knew they shouldn't have done, but you still have a heart to like want to bless them. You just want to do it, right? So it's not like they've earned it, not like they deserve it, you know, but you just want to just do it for the kid. Now, what you're looking for, and I admit, I'm just put, I'll put it on you because this is what I'm looking for, right? What I'm looking for is, is when I give you this thing or when I bless you with this thing, the gift that you give back to me is how you receive it. The gift that you give back to me, I don't need you to get down on your knees and grovel and kiss my feet and bow down and, and, and you know, have, try to do everything to try to pay me back. That's not the point. But there's a posture that I'm looking for that proves to me that you still recognize that this is a gift that you're not entitled to, that it's extra, that it's something that's out of the graces of my own heart, right? And it made me think about, you know, even us sometimes in our own posture towards God, and even me growing up in church, and at times that we thought that we had this warped thinking that, come on, God, I, I need to be getting trees and fruit and juicy fruit. Like, like seriously, like God, come on, man. And, and when I'm going through things that everybody else is going through, then I'm having a hard time acting like a brat. Because even in my goodness, in quotes, in big fat quotes, my goodness was not all that good. Because if I was to search my heart, I would really see that, well, I wasn't really doing this for God. I was just doing this because I knew it would make me look good. Because right. it was a Christian thing to do. And see, God sees all of that stuff. And he sees all of that inside of us. And he still decides to bless us. 
So in this verse, for unto you was born this day in the city of David a savior. It's kind of like, okay, if God was going to save the world with a seed, then we must recognize how potent God's seeds are and be grateful that though we see a seed, God sees a savior. So when God blesses you with something that seems insignificant, ask God for his eyes to show you what it really is or what it can be. See, God blesses us with stuff and with what it could be, even within us. We are what we can be already in eternity. So when we see God bless us with the almost thing, I almost have enough. God wants you to see it the way he sees it as good. That means it's complete. That means it has everything in it. And the work of believing will cause us to see the manifestation of that thing in our lives with time. See, that's the thing we don't like. We don't like time, right? So unto you is born this day a savior. A savior is born that is born in a manger in the form of a baby that cannot talk, that you don't even understand what the baby wants because he has to cry. You have to learn that baby, just like you have to learn about the seeds. Just you have to learn how to cultivate things. And it's the same thing with good news. Good news is a seed of hope, right? So when the good news comes, it's our job to receive the potential of the fullness for the full realization of that good news in order for us to be able to realize it and appreciate it. Hope you see what I'm saying. So a savior is born who is Christ the Lord. So it's less about a baby being born. Like God doesn't want us to see it as a baby. He wants to see the baby as a savior, Christ the Lord. So don't have to get caught up in the seeming insignificance of the things that God blesses us with, or even your seeming insignificance, that God planted you in your neighborhood. He planted you in your family. He planted you as a seed of hope that is fully grown, that should be a savior to that situation. And whatever God is calling you to do in your life in that particular place, that is what you are, whether you feel like it or not. See, to you, you're a seed, but to God, you're a finished product. So God, help us to see ourselves the way you see it. The 12th verse says, and this shall be a sign to you, that you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. You shall find this savior in a feeding trough for animals wrapped in rags lying there not necessarily able to do what he is going to do in that form, but it makes it no less potent what he is. And, and, and see, this, this, today is an injection of hope into you for who God has created you to be, right? So you may be lying in a feeding trough in a situation that is very insignificant and frustrating, and you don't look like anything that God has created a potential for. You don't look like where you're going. You don't feel like where you're going. It, all this is just words to you. Like, oh, what's gonna turn around? You're gonna be, God's gonna use you to be, do great things and all that. We've all been through that, heard them things. And then, then, then after all that's said and done, you go back and you feel like you're in a manger, in a barn, insignificant. The good news came to remind you of God's perspective. The good news comes from heaven and creates, it's supposed to create a scene for us to see in our present dimension to remind us of what's getting ready to happen through us and for us. So, and suddenly, here's the celebration of verse 13, right? And suddenly there was with them an angel, a multitude, a heavenly host praising God. Heaven is praising God over the good news. Heaven is not praising God 
because of what we see. Heaven is praising God over what God knows is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Think about that, right? Think about that in your own life. Think about that in your own situation. Heaven is praising God. Heaven already praised God. Heaven is praising based on an eternal perspective. May we adopt an eternal perspective in our lives so that when we hear and anticipate this whole idea of good news, right? Good news is coming means that it has not happened yet necessarily fully in our realm. It has not been realized yet, but it's supposed to raise our expectation. It's supposed to raise our hopefulness. It's supposed to raise over something that is concrete. That good news is concrete. It's not like wishful thinking. This is something that has already happened in another realm that God has said we're going to start to see because it's already happened, right? There's a scripture even with, with the, before the foundations of the world, the lamb was slain. So there's an eternal like before. There's an eternal, <laughs> there's an eternal before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like an eternal past that's already happened so far long ago that is guaranteed that we walk into it if we have the right eyes to see it, Right? So suddenly, right, these angels came and celebrated God saying, and now 14 is kind of where we want to end with and park with this as far as kind of tying this whole series together and, and, and really God calling us to servitude, right? There's three phrases here, right? Glory to God in the highest. Mm-hmm. And on earth, peace. Goodwill towards men. So there's glory to God, there's peace on earth, and there's goodwill towards men. That is the final call of this series and what God is calling us to do and calling us to be conduits of. First of all, you are conduits to God, to his glory. And not just glory to God, but how can we give glory to God in the highest? How can we raise the level of glory that God receives from us? Well, the first thing we have to do, number one, understand the gift of God through Jesus Christ. That embracing the gift of God through Christ, understanding and realizing and believing in the, the finished work of Christ on the cross, embracing that and allowing that to become your new identity. Allowing the good news that came from heaven that day to permeate your being, that now you know that the gap was closed between you and God, and that through Christ we can have a relationship with God that not only uh, is, makes us go to church, but causes us to transform our lives and then dedicate it to peace, mm. right? So it's like glory to God in the highest. The highest amount of glory I can give to God is me giving him my life. Me giving him my life and me me, me allowing my life to be a faucet, a conduit of hope to this world because hope is what perpetuates peace. Peace on earth. Don't we not need that now? Lord, help us, please. We need peace on earth. Peace on earth comes from men and women who are dedicated to the Prince of Peace. And that's that's an indication that you are his disciples, yeah. right? When you follow peace with all men. And you, you, see, you see that constant faucet mentality though? Mm-hmm. It's not a glass, right? Because sometimes peace towards men or following peace with all men means that you're the one that concedes. It means you're the one that has to just be not right. You're, you're the one, you're right, but you're not. Just let it go. And it doesn't feel good all the time, especially when you're justified in how you feel. But God is calling us to this constant life of sacrifice, this constant life of being a faucet and a conduit of what he wants to do through earth. God wants to flow through you to make himself real in this earth. Can he do it? 
Will you allow him to allow him to flow through you in a genuine way so that we can be a blessing to this world? It's impossible for us, like you said, to, for us to not partake of God's blessing if we're a faucet. Mm-hmm. And guess what? With a faucet, it's always going to be fresh. Right. It's never going to be stale. And there may be seasons where I don't know why they want to turn on my faucet today. All right. Everyone want to use the fountain over there. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But as long as you stay in your purpose, fresh. It's in reserve. It's, it's fresh. Freshness will flow through you if we allow it. So glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And I believe in the coming year, God is calling us to heighten our level of goodwill towards men. Because this season, this Christmas season, this end of the year, which we've experienced every single year, is a snapshot of what it looks like for people to give goodwill. And we, we've seen all the toy drives. We see all the ministries, people doing all these things. And you see all the smiles and things like that. And, and it's, it's just sad that we just, it's just like a reservation for the end of every year. Right. And imagine if this was like a posture that we had every day where it was random acts of kindness all the time. Like it was just, we, we were just a conduit every single day, whether we had it or not. And if I don't have money to give, I have a smile to give. I have an encouragement to give. I can ask someone how they're doing. And it's coming from the reservoir of peace that I have within myself that comes from God, not from my own life, but from God. And the things that we think that we have to do that are so grand, oh, I need to give somebody $500, $1,000, and that's going to make their life change. No, there's, there's some people who just want to be acknowledged. They just want to say hi. Do you notice me? Because I'm not being noticed in my life the whole time. I'm going to close on this. It was, a, it was a story that I was watching. I don't know if I shared it, but um, there was this guy who... Uh, who survived suicide. He just jumped off of the Golden Gate Bridge in California. And he kind of recounts his story about how he took that jump and actually lived. And he was saying that the moments that he was deliberating over, he was just in a really dark place. And when he got to the bridge that night, he was still kind of like wrestling with, am I going to do this or not? He felt like nobody cared about him. You know, nobody notices me. I'm insignificant and it's not going to matter if I'm here or not. Yeah, it's a powerful story. So it doesn't matter if I'm here or not, right? So the moments before he decides to, to jump and he's out there on the bridge at night, you know, just walking around, vacillating, um, this woman comes up to him and says, you know, he starts coming up to him and I'm not gonna go ahead of it, but she comes up to him and she, she you know, he's thinking, okay, wow, man. All right, good, at least somebody notices me. And he said he only wanted to hear one word from her, just a few words. Are you okay? Mm. That's all he wanted to hear. And he said, those words would have kept him from jumping. He said, the lady said, can you take my picture? So he took her picture. She walked away. And a few seconds later, he heard this loud voice in his head, jump. And he did it. And he said, as soon as he jumped, he had instant regret. And while he was plummeting to the water, He cried out to God and said, God, I don't want to do this. Help me. Mm. And the story about him and how he was saved, all of a sudden a sea lion out of nowhere came and swam underneath the water to keep him above water. The way he fell into the water, he fell in a way where I think it was like he, he, he hurt his back, but it didn't kill him. So the way he fell... And it's a crazy story. And I can't remember exactly what the name of the story is, but it's a powerful story. And the reason why I'm saying is, is saying this. There are so many hurting people that are around us. And if when we are consumed with our own lives, 
we are undermining the hope that God wants to use us to bring to our fellow men. Good news is not just an announcement of an event that's coming. Good news is something that you are bringing from your being based on your revelation of what God has done in the earth that those people have not known. The gospel of Jesus Christ, if you are his, it's in you. And you living a life that is constantly aware of your accountability and responsibility to that message of salvation. And I'm not saying go on the street and go get a soapbox and a bullhorn, but you can ask somebody how they're doing and they don't hear you, they hear God. You can check on, check in on somebody or slip somebody a, few, a, 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 a something or whatever and do it as the hands and feet of God. That's goodwill towards men. Those are seeds planted towards peace on earth. That's giving God glory in the highest. That's making the anticipation for goodness and God's goodness and his grace more real in this earth. And it's intentionally being aware. Like you, yeah. like you, you have to choose to be aware and see. Like you can see, but like, are you seeing past what you're seeing? Are you choo or are you choosing to turn a blind eye because you're, like you said, you're more consumed with what you're going through, how you feel. You know, you you know that line between mm -hmm. you know the person is visibly upset or not well or something is wrong, but you you have that second to either acknowledge it and 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 proceed or pursue or ignore it and keep going about your business. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. It is. And God is calling us to make a more intentional and conscious choice for him. That as this climate and as this world is getting crazier and crazier as the days go by, that we are constantly reminding ourselves of God's goodness. That if we don't take anything else away, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. If that can just be the foundation, and not even in that singy, cliche way, but the revelation of what that really means and how far God's goodness goes and how much we're actually experiencing it, whether we have a relationship with him or not, mm that that will change our mindset and help us to truly be all that God has called us to be. Uh, closing scripture here, Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope, he's the God of hope, and he desires to fill you with joy and peace as you continue to trust him. And as a result of you experiencing God's joy and God's peace, you will be abounding in hope. And if you're abounding in something, you're not going to be able to help but to give it out. It's overflowing. That when people see you coming, they're going to get encouraged. When they see, here come, here come John, here come Rachel, here come this one, here come that one. Oh, I know. I'm already feeling better because I already know what I'm going to get when I get them. When they come by my path, I'm going to be reminded of God. That's the challenge. That's the encouragement of this series that God is calling us. Last scripture, 1 Timothy 4 and 10. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of all those who believe. If we believe, we have hope. And God wants us to be conduits of this hope in the earth. It's good news. Good news is coming because good news came through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen.
Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this time, this season, this year that you have been reminding us and your messages have been resounding and, and you care enough about us to continue to encourage us, to continue mm. to admonish us, to continue to uh, warn us and challenge us, God. We thank you for this year, God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that you have brought us to the last Sunday in this year, God. Mm. You have kept us thank you, and Lord. we cannot take it for granted. We cannot take it lightly. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we, we want to pause now and, and say thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that as we have heard your word this morning, that we will truly take it in and that we will digest it, that it will fall on good ground and produce much fruit, God, that we will receive the good news that was sent and that we will in turn be conduits and bearers yes, of Lord. that same good news, God, yes, that we will take it and we will herald it throughout the earth, not only with our words and with our mouth, God, but with our life, God. Yes, Let's, let our lives be expressions of yes, your good Lord. news, God. Yes, Lord. I pray, God, that you would prepare our hearts and minds as we prepare ourselves to approach this new year, God, mm. that you would uh, remind us of what you said and that you would prepare us and make us ready for what's to come in the new year, yes, God, Lord. and get us ready to be servants. Yes, Lord. We hear you saying that to us, yes, that Lord. you want us to focus on servitude and serving mm. this world, God, serving the lost and serving your people, God. Yes, Lord. So I pray that you would ready our hearts and minds now, God. And Lord, like we always say, I pray, God, that you would give us the grace for the things that will not change, that have not changed, mm. that we may still be dealing with. I pray you give us the mercy for the times we fall short. I pray, God, that you give us the favor to obtain the things we cannot on our own and that we will forever give your name praise, glory, yes, and honor. Glory to God, glory to you in the highest. Yes. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, Welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the Lifehouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.